Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Soberlink. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. To learn more or sign up today, visit Soberlink.com backslash family law. Use promo code BEYOND20 to receive $50 off a device. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. It sparked a conversation about what it shows about a system that can be harmful uh, to the parties as they go through it and did not actually show what is really a growing movement in how to do divorce differently, both from the party's perspective and the professional's perspective. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today my guest and I are going to talk about the Oscar-winning movie, Marriage Story, which has obviously struck a chord in the public psyche as it purports to draw back the curtain on the divorce experience. Um, I've been very excited to tape this episode. My guest today is Carolyn Carey Cass, and she's an associate professor of law at Quinnipiac University. University Law School, which is located in Connecticut, which for those of you who listen all the time, you know that I was located in Connecticut for about 26 years. So Professor Cass has been someone um, that I've known for a number of years. She is the Associate Dean of their Experiential Education and the co-director of the Center on Dispute Resolution. And she also directs two of the law school's eight academic concentrations, notably family law law and civil advocacy and dispute resolution. So she's right up our alley here. Um, she's been, she's also very active nationally on um, all of the different boards and teaching um, forums, um, as well as she is the author of Building on Best Practices, which she co-edited and was a contributing author. So I'm very excited to have her here today. We have been talking about doing this episode. So thank you so much. Carrie, for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited to have this conversation. 
Yeah. So we have talked a couple of times on this topic. And I think, you know, for the movie, um, everybody who's listening, I don't know too many people who at this point have not at least heard about the movie, if not have seen the movie. And certainly as, you know, a a divorce attorney and I'm out there talking to people all the time, the number one question I get these days when I'm interviewed or when someone wants me to do an article or a blog post for them, it's always about this movie. So I heard through the American Bar Association um, that Carrie was going to be incorporating this movie into her curriculum for the coming year. So she teaches our future lawyers, our future divorce attorneys. And she found this, this movie, you know, inspiring enough to, well, or it inspired her to use it as a teaching tool. So I, that inspired me to reach out to her because I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation about this. So, you know, one of the things that I just wanted to start with, Carrie, is why do you think this movie struck such a chord? I mean, why has it started such a a broad discussion of divorce? Well, I, of course, it's beautifully done and well acted. So it really did evoke an emotional and intellectual response in everyone who watched it, I believe. And there are there are so many people who have experienced divorce either as the party, the child of divorce in their own childhood, and clearly as professionals. Um, we are not all of the same mind. Uh, so there are people who are um, applauding the way the lawyers are depicted, but there's a growing number of us that uh, it sparked a conversation about what it shows about a system that can be harmful uh, to the parties as they go through it and did not actually show what is really a growing movement in how to do divorce differently, both from the party's perspective and the professional's perspective. So it really, um, as far as I'm concerned, gives us on a silver platter um, a common, almost... um, family to really discuss what was done right, what could have been done differently, where were the missed opportunities. Uh, It does a wonderful job of depicting what the parents and the child go through when uh, divorce is done in that way. So it's just such a rich opportunity. But mainly it's because I think we're at a turning point in how people are writing about, thinking about, and actually helping families go through this very difficult life um, life event um, and there are there's plenty to talk about. Yeah. Well, and that's very true. And I I love that you say that because, you know, divorce is a transitional time for people. And one of the things that I've commented on when people have asked me about it is that I do think that the movie does an excellent job giving a snapshot of a particular type of divorce experience for that maybe many people out there who are listening either believe that's how divorce happens um, or they've had that experience of it. Because I think you and I both know that certainly is one depiction and one truism of divorce is that path that the movie shows. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, um, a couple of people I have watched it with and discussed with 
had to take breaks from it to scream in frustration at the sense of you could feel they did a wonderful job of the momentum builds. It feels like a runaway train. Um, and you watch it sort of get more and more intensely adversarial when you know darn well these parents wanted to do it differently for Henry. Um, and so, I mean, one of the really great teaching points, I think, for people is that I believe you can turn it around, both as a professional, people come to you at any stage, and as parents taking back control of your life. And you ultimately see these parents do that at the very end when the lawyers are finally, finally out of the way. Um, that is something I know you and I have talked about. We worry that it isn't as true, sadly. Once people have gone through such a divisive process, it is very hard to co-parent well like you see them doing at the end. But short of that, I believe the message should be that both professionals and parents can take back the process and do it differently at any point. But it was excruciating to watch and excruciating at some point to watch um, the lawyers do what sadly too many lawyers are still doing. So you're right. It was a depiction of one pathway that you can find in any state around. Oh, yeah. I mean. Country, right? Yeah. Uh, but the, there's plenty of models and opportunities to figure out how to do that differently. And I, I think that's so true. I have to say, I resisted watching the movie and would not watch it. I was like, you know, for 30 years, I've been in that world. And the last thing I wanted to do was spend two hours of my free time watching what I knew was going to be a contentious divorce situation. But then again, everybody keeps asking me about it. And so I finally did watch it. And I had that same experience. I, I was frustrated at times by the depiction and the law. You know, I, I was talking to a family law attorney in California yesterday who's a colleague, and he said, you know, he it lost him at the point that the law was wrong, that it kept, you know, giving uh, legal background that just wasn't accurate. And since he's practicing in the state the movie was purportedly set in, um, it was driving him crazy. And then I sure. also have talked to, you know, a lot of attorneys who had moments that made them uncomfortable because they saw something they might have done in yes. there. I think that's valuable for our profession. Extremely valuable. I think the best opportunity uh, that we have from this movie is to continuing the discussion and using this as um, an opportunity to come together, watch it together and discuss exactly that. But that includes the ability to say, oh my goodness, I have said that a hundred times to clients. I saw myself in the beginning of my career, um, you know, the old hope you don't go to trial, but prepare for it from the beginning. Um, I have not only done that, I've said that to my students, I don't say that anymore, and I don't believe that anymore. And in fact, I think this was a great example of how that infected the process. Uh, but it's easier said than done, especially with traditional legal training, for lawyers to hold back from that, to say, I know that court is out there as a final option, but we destroy the opportunity to help these parents do it differently 
if we put on the glasses and the lens of trial prep from the beginning. And there were so many examples of yeah, I, I I think that's, you know, very, that's what impacted me because for the first 20 years of my practice, I had a very traditional family law litigation yes. practice. And you just mentioned it. That's how we're trained. We go to law school, or at least 30 years ago when I went to law school, they didn't, we didn't have ADR programs in law schools, or at least my law school didn't. I didn't learn about mediation there. I didn't learn um, anything other than how to process any case, whether it was a car accident or a contract action or a divorce, in anything other than a plaintiff versus defendant, use the facts to advance your client's case and try to win, you know, advocate for your client. And the movie certainly, you know, does get that experience right, I would say. So when you want to talk about what the movie gets right, the cautionary message of how the the litigation process can be divisive, expensive. We saw people oh, writing goodness. very large checks. Um, Charlie writes that, you know, wipes out one of his accounts and you see him writing the 25, right. I think it was a nice round $25,000 retainer. Um, Henry could have done a couple of years of college for what they paid. <laughs> Right. And those and and just the attorney driven nature of that litigation process, I think it captured all of that really well. Sadly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, happily that it's a wonderful, ac- accurate tool other than a few of the legal aspects. But um, sadly, too many families are going through divorce that way. Right. And and I do still find, you know, as much as I'm out there as often as I can, and I know advocates of, of dispute resolution are like you are out there talking about mediation, collaborative divorce and other methods. There are a number of people who are probably listening to this show right now who think the avenue shown in the movie is the only avenue. They don't. Right. People are still not aware that there are other ways to go through this process. And I think it is partly the processes that exist, uh, some of which were invented during our lifetime as lawyers, right? Yes. And I think for people who don't realize this, invented by frustrated litigators, the evidence is overwhelming that the longer you practice family law and the more you do family law, most of us move further and further away from the litigation mode. Partly for self-preservation, it's an extremely difficult way to run your life, Uh, but mainly for the client's benefit. So, I love this study by Lynn Mather that shows that the longer you do family law, uh, this was a survey of a whole bunch of New England lawyers, but um, the longer you do family law and the more you do it exclusively, the more you view your job as client adjustment to their new life and less as a legal expert. The law is still relevant, but it's only a piece of it. And that is entirely consistent with the idea that We should be agents of healing and reason, of educating parents what their children are experiencing, and that that is not only ethically permissible, but this point in the evolution of all the options and uh, thinking about what advocacy can be, um, and not only just adversarial advocacy, I believe we're at the point where you must practice family law with at least an awareness of these processes and approaches. I don't understand 
how informed consent obligations under our rules of professional conduct under 1.4 are met if we are not talking to the clients about different ways to do it. Whether we choose to do that or not, it's our obligation to get to the parents, to the lawyers and other professionals, and let me stress that, family law is now very interdisciplinary. Um, there are divorce financial planners and mental health professionals who work side by side with lawyers, and I know you know that, Susan. Um, and But that we are getting these people to the professionals who are going to help them through. There are clients who need the uh, J's and the, what's her name? No, uh, not Nora. Yes, Nora. Yeah. Um, Nora and Jay. Uh, but these clients did not. These no. clients did not. They needed somebody entirely different. They needed somebody who, they went through this failed mediation, who when they finally came to a lawyer, the lawyer would have said, okay, so that didn't work. Either we go back to that mediator or we find a different one or we try collaborative law. But it's about, I hear you loud and clear that you do not want to tear your child apart. And so let's keep working to find a process that will help us, help me help you do what you want to do, not change what you want to do. Um, I really am sad when I see clients, even in the beginning, these parents were saying, we don't want a lawyer, we don't want a lawyer. Their view, and many people who watch this movie would walk away with this view, that lawyers are either a weapon or perhaps a shield if the other side has the weapon. You see um, Adam Driver, Charlie, go back to Ray Liotta, Jay, yeah. Um, yeah. because Nora pushed too far. Laura Dern's character, Nora, pushed him to the point where he had to jettison the attorney who was not perfectly, but at least trying to get them to settlement. Um, and, and that sort of idea that lawyers are only needed and helpful if you need a weapon or a shield, it makes me incredibly sad. Me too. It, uh, you know, and that was one of the things that um, I think the depiction of family law attorneys, you know, made so many of us uncomfortable because, mm -hmm. um, you know, th there we are so much more than that, or many of us strive to be so much more than that for our clients. Um, I I love that study you just mentioned. It it uh, it rang a bell for me because I'm one of those practitioners. As I said, 20 years as a litigator, I burned out on that long before the 20 years. But when, I, you know, that's how I came to find mediation and collaborative and just because I was exploring different ways to try and help my clients to transition into their new lives. And that's why this, this podcast is called Divorce and Beyond, because divorce is a finite time in people's lives. It is a, a, moment, hopefully of months, not even years, and that they are then going to be in a new, you know, post-divorce life that should be successful and restructured as a family. And, you know, unfortunately, some of the things that the, the movie got right around the divorcing through litigation, it, you know, is often that doesn't turn out for the best post-divorce life, you know, for no. people, as you said. Right. And you and I have discussed how how hard it would be 
for Nicole and Charlie to really come back to that parenting, co-parenting. And if we were to define that it is our professional's job is to help people be divorced, not get divorced. And as you said, reorganize the family um, and build the capacity to be in this co-parenting partnership rather than make it challenging. These parents in the depiction in this movie um, were successful eventually as co-parents in spite of their lawyers, not because of their lawyers. And lawyers and the other professionals working with them should have that as our ultimate goal, at least with people who are not violent with each other. And I mean, we're not talking about those people right now. Um, and I do believe a lot of the tools we're talking about can work well with those parties as well. But certainly just taking the idea of who are Nicole and Charlie and how are they served and disserved, um, the lawyers made it harder for them to have that lovely second Halloween rather than easier. I'd like to take a moment now to talk to my mediation colleagues. As many of us are facing the inability to continue our in-person mediation and dispute resolution practices, I want you to know there's an alternative option. Many of you do know that I have a fully online mediation and coaching practice, and for more than two years, I've actually been training other professionals in how to conduct their mediations online through my Learn to Mediate online program. I've always said that the future of mediation and dispute resolution is online, and now, honestly, that future is here. In my two-hour training program, you'll learn the basics of conducting your mediations through an online video conferencing platform, and I'll cover the practical and ethical considerations that you need to know to do it well. Right now, we also have several webinars scheduled, and we offer one-on-one -on -one and group trainings by appointment. I've reduced the cost of the webinars to only $299 so that as many of you as possible have access. So go to www.learntomediateonline.com to find out more and register today. Also for my colleagues, I'm very honored that Professor Cass has asked me to present my Learn to Mediate Online training program at the QU Law Dispute Resolution Center's Conflict Management Institute, which will be taking place starting on April 28th. I will be presenting my program on the 28th. You can find out more at qulawdisputeresolution.org backslash conflict dash management dash institute. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, Professor Carolyn Cass, as they discussed more things that Marriage Story got right and what it got oh so wrong about divorce. What if we went for sustainable, right? Aspirational, one that with guidance, flexible, positive, inspiring, um, sort of living and breathing document that was built together with an you know, this could be done in collaborative law mediation or with just good committed lawyers who say what's most important is you and your children being healthy and um, not just surviving, but thriving. If you are enjoying this episode, check out the special two-part episode with Benjamin Heldfond 
and Nikki DeBartolo, the authors of Our Happy Divorce, and find out why it's one of Susan's favorite interviews ever. When I left the house uh, and, and made that decision, I wasn't on a path of, okay, how can we get along and how can we co-parent? I was on a path of how can I embarrass her enough uh, and, and make this thing as ugly as possible. And not only that, but show uh, our son what a fraud she was or what kind of, well, the real person she was. And, the, and when I say real, I mean through my glasses at the time. And now we return to today's show. I remember early on in my practice, maybe you had this sort of experience. You were in the litigation mode, or, or as I call it, even if you were negotiating, you were in litigation, not true negotiation. Um, and we were lucky if we got just something on paper. It was sort of, and you'd hear people say, oh, we reached an agreement. Quick, let's ram it through before they change their minds. Their minds. <laughs> Lawyers said this. And it, it, the image was, quick, get them before the judge and tell them they have to say, yes, I agree, before the ink is dry. That means you have a brittle and fragile plan. And so many people now talk about durable plans. You know, you need to help parents come up with a durable plan. And that's certainly a huge step forward, one that's going to survive. But still, I'd like to have us have a goal even higher than that. Durable to me means it can withstand a beating. It can withstand parental difficulties. It's certainly better than a fail, but it, and it's realistic, but it's not particularly positive. Um, no one's really happy, but they came up with something that will, you know, get them through. What if we went for sustainable, right? Aspirational, one that with guidance, flexible, positive, inspiring, um, sort of living and breathing document that was built together with, and, you know, this could be done in collaborative law mediation or with just good committed lawyers who say what's most important is you and your children being healthy and um, not just surviving, but thriving somehow. And that doesn't mean it's happy, happy, happy. We're all going to sing Kumbaya like the <laughs> suggested. Um, you know, that's a whole other conversation, right? But yes, ah, I, I would love us to keep shooting higher and higher in how we can remake ourselves to help people through this really difficult life event, as you talked about, with grief and sadness and expect some anger. And But instead of saying, I'm going to take an innocuous event and turn it into a weapon to prove the person's a bad parent, what if we take their anger and their frustration with each other and help them remake it into a piece of the process, the emotional process they're going through, but one they can get through and learn to co-parent on the other side. Yeah. And, and actually you just referenced one of the scenes in the movie mm -hmm. that really stuck out for me because it actually got it very right. It, it, this is one of the areas where the depiction was uncomfortably close to what I have seen and participated in in courtrooms. And that was the scene where they were in court and the incident over the booster seat was right. turned around and weaponized. 
um, into something to use against Charlie in court. And there are a few things about that that just, you know, it's one, it took an event that can happen in any parent's life and turned it into um, an abusive event, an event to be used against the other parent, showing they are not a good parent in some fashion. Right. He's they had neglectful, feelings, right? neglectful parent. And when you do that, whether it's in a private discussion, but even worse, in a public forum in a courtroom, the idea that you're then going to go out of that courtroom and co-parent well with the person that you just called a neglectful, unfit parent is almost it, it's so hard to do that it's it's almost impossible and that's where yeah. you know the movie veered off for me in the end but that was I thought one of the things the movie I, I hope people understand the destruction that is wrought when that happens in a courtroom right and I could not help but remember a very similar scene back from the movie Kramer versus Kramer where they're in the courtroom and the incident, I there were several, but one of them was the innocent incident where the child in that movie falls at the jungle gym. And you see the dad, Dustin Hoffman, carrying the child and racing to the emergency room and doing everything he could do and knowing just how many times have you been at the jungle gym and your child, you know, unless you don't let them do anything, they're right. wrap them in, in cotton, et cetera, right. <laughs> And um, even in that, there's one scene even more vividly uh, where the parents are facing each other and they mouth each other to silently, I'm sorry, right? It's like either my lawyer did this without me knowing or my lawyer had to do this or this is what the process makes us do. Um, and actually in Marriage Story, there's a scene where uh, Nora is calling Charlie and when she's saying, hey, you haven't got a lawyer, it's 30 days, we're going to have to default you. And he goes, what are you talking, you know, just does, does Nicole know you're calling me? Well, she's aware of everything I'm saying. Does not mean that she likes it. Does not mean that she gave consent. That was savvy lawyering. She did not lie. She's aware of what I'm saying to you. Making him now feel betrayed by her. That's when he runs out and starts looking for lawyers. Uh, very predictably sad where didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to be a threat. Could have been, hey, we need you to engage. Are you going to do it? We're in this together. We have to get to the end. And that's, I think, really hard for some lawyers to adapt and what clients don't necessarily expect is that the lawyers really are in this together, just like the parents are, um, in helping this family through the process. Yeah. That's yeah, and we saw here. The movie really does show the hijacking of the process that can happen when you have lawyers of a certain mindset. Um, the well, hijacking scene that, is exactly the right word. Right. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. the scene that really jumped out for me was near the end where Nora is talking to Nicole in the kitchen and she says, Oh, and I, I managed to get the parenting plan to be not 50 50. Um, you know, I got an extra day for you or something like that. And, and Nicole even says, but that's not what I wanted. And Nora says, oh, take the win. The win. Take I the win. cringed when oh. I, oh my God, that made me, it was terrible. But that's, yes. 
is the mindset. Um, you know, the, the who really got the win there? You know who got the win? Yeah. Nora. Yeah. Yeah. Nora, Nora got one up on Jay because you saw when they walked in the courtroom, she's going, oh my God, everything's off, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, hi, Jay, how are you? You know, Nora wanted to beat Jay. This had nothing to do with Nicole, Charlie, and certainly didn't have anything to do with Henry, who already is missing his dad so much when his dad has to be back in New York. And even though he manages to come to LA and all that, we, we haven't even talked about the whole reunification, I mean, um, relocation. Yeah. That's part of where they got the law wrong. But how different it would have been if from the beginning, the lawyers had helped these parents have this conversation and figure it out. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and another, you know, I don't want to to leave this episode without also mentioning some another place where I feel they got it wrong or they they missed an opportunity because a lot of what the movie's message is is the litigation format is not necessarily the best format for a family to restructure and I think you and I would both say one of the best ways for that to be accomplished would be through mediation, yet the movie shows a fail and a very, you know, abrupt fail um, in the mediation setting. They try it in the beginning. They go to one session. It's very therapy sort of kumbaya, as you to use your yes. your term, you know, oriented. And they they immediately fall out of that and go off to, lit, you know, litigation. And, you know, that's not necessarily what the mediation process looks like. Mediation is not, you know, centered necessarily on, you know, the, the past. Mediation is centered on helping you restructure and create that new future in a way that works best for everyone in the family. Right. And, you know, you saw the mediator push the Nicole character. Well, we're not going to read one letter. He's so rigid and so uncreative. I mean, even if there was a lot of creativity, I'm not faulting the idea that you want to help the parents structure on or focus on um, what attracted them to these parties. That's a wonderful tool. But then he's like a dog with a bone. He can't let it go. He can't adjust to her. She's obviously at a place where she can't read her letter right now. So you put it away and you do something else. You don't push her in the corner so that her only option is to leave. Um, so yes, I, I thought it was unfortunate in its depiction of um, a failed mediation with not a particularly um, adept mediator facing what is inevitable is there are times when one party or another is hurting and frustrated. Um, if good mediators, good collaborative lawyers, good lawyers know that, build space and time in for that, um, and don't back their clients into a corner. Right. I mean, and that's one of my, you know, my, as a mediator, that's one of the things that I always tell people is it is a safe place to talk and share what you need to share, but it's also a place where um, there's safety in that you need to 
be in agreement with what's happening there, that, that you're, you're not going to be put in a corner and forced to participate in something that you ha- want to have no part in in that moment. So I, you know, that's not necessarily if you, if you find a good mediator and there are so many out there right now, I mean, mediation is definitely on an upswing. I've certainly seen that in my practice. Um, more and more people are aware it's an option. And so if you find that mediator that you both, you know, can work with, it can be a very productive, um, less stressful, creative way to sit down and work together to try and restructure your family, keeping, in in this case, Henry at the forefront, which is really, you know, where family law should be focused. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you may have to try more than one mediator. So as I said at the beginning, and the lawyer should be helping you do that, not saying, okay, fine, here we go. Now we're on this train. Right. And and we're going from zero to 60 on that train. You know, we're going to, you know, so I, what, so what would your, if you were going to sum up a final thought or a final message that you would like to take people to take away who have seen the movie, what would you like them to take from that? Um, to remember that, that the goal is, especially if your parents, how will you be after the divorce and what, who are the people and what is the process that will get you to the place where you can do what you're hoping to do? Um, Walk your child down the aisle together, uh, be at graduations together, be at the birth of your first grandchild together. And that's not, that's for you, yes, but it's mainly for your child. Um, How do you keep Uh, that relationship as co-parents healthy and and alive. And the only way to do that, it's going to be your life afterwards, is to be more in control. Don't give up control to a process that you know isn't what you want. Find the professionals who will assist you and guide you and support you through the process that you know you need to go through in order for you to be healthy and um, all of you, when I say you healthy, all of you and your family be healthy and able to talk on the other side. That old, you know, don't talk to your co-parent while you're going through the process. Just a horrible, horrible advice. We should be building capacity. And so find the professionals who will help you do that. That's what being a family lawyer is today. And I think so. And I I think it bodes well for my profession, our profession, that there are professors like you out there helping to shape the the new future of our family law attorneys. And you have programs like you do at Quinnipiac. Can you tell people how they can find out more about you and about Quinnipiac's innovative programs? Yes, certainly. Certainly anyone can contact me, carolyn.cats at quinnipiac.edu. So spelling Cass and Quinnipiac properly are a challenge, K-A-A-S. But, you know, my bio is on there, um, but also our Center on Dispute Resolution, which has trainings in these areas. We're working carefully with Connecticut Council on Non-Adversarial Divorce. So 
QU Law Dispute Resolution, all one word, qulawdisputeresolution.org are good places to go. I'm enormously proud of our family law curriculum. And anybody who graduates from our law school with a concentration in family law has had to take this course, learning from mental health professionals and myself and colleagues about this other view. We also do teach our family lawyers how to do trials well, because they need to know how to do pieces in their toolkit. But um, it is not simply an endeavor of teaching them family law is just another civil case. It is not. It is not for everybody, and it is for only for people who really are not afraid to work with people who are hurting and in sorrow um, and be able to go there with them, but then lift them out. So it's kind of like, do you go in the hole? Is empathy being in the hole with your client if they fell down a well? It's not really. It's not also looking at going, oh, look at you. It's figuring a way to go partway down and then bring them up. And and that's, you know, I, I I am personally acquainted with your program and with lawyers who have been through your program. They're a joy to work with. Um, and I have over the years worked with many. So I encourage Thank any you. colleagues are out there um, or people who want to become colleagues to look into Quinnipiac's program because it's really top notch in our field. So, Carrie, we could talk about the movie, I mean, forever. I envy your, your students because they're going to, I think, have a really interesting curriculum this this year with the inclusion of this movie and other movies, as you've discussed. Um, but thank you so much for joining me to talk about this. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.